This is the Endangered Species Podcast, the podcast by aspiring men for aspiring men from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm your host, Sean Vollendorf. We're here to get the godly man off the endangered species list. We're living in the age of social media influence, of course. I myself can spend hours watching YouTube videos, uh, Dude Perfect, Mr. Beast, a self-defense guy named John Correa. I love his stuff. Every how-to video imaginable. You can learn to do anything watching YouTube. So I spend a lot of time searching around, but even I was surprised a few weeks ago when I came across a TikTok post about the dangers of pornography. Now, I would expect, given the content, that the video uh, would have been posted by a preacher or some kind of addiction counselor. Instead, I was surprised to see the post, which got a million views, by the way, was by a 20-year-old college kid named Austin who attends the University of Arizona. And I loved it because one of the marks of a godly man is he stands his ground even if he has to stand alone. What's it like to speak truth when almost no one's got your back? That's what I wanted to find out from Austin. I think you'll be inspired and encouraged to speak up for the Lord's perspective and for Christ-like morals after hearing what Austin has to say. Austin, may your tribe increase. Members of the herd, I think you're going to like this one. Cheers. Austin Wales, you're on the Endangered Species Podcast. Thanks for being here, bud. Hey, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm blessed to be here. Absolutely, man. For our listeners, members of the herd, uh, you guys need to know that Austin Wales is a college student. He's a man. He's a young man, but he's a man and he's a godly man. And, you know, if someone were to meet him, um, they might think, you know, here's your average, normal, typical college guy. In fact, I think I may have thought that the first time I met you, except guess what? You're not. I would be wrong. And the reason I say that you're not is, is for many reasons. Number one, you're trying to do college with God. Number two, you're a social media influencer. How did you get into the social media uh, game, bud? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, my going into my freshman year of college, um, I started sending out pictures on Snapchat, um, just like verse of the days, a little bit of encouragement for people. Um, and I did that up until this last January. And Really, I did that for, you know, for that entire time and um, people loved it, but I kind of got to a point where I was just doing it um, just to do it, just to check off a box. Yeah. So did you uh, quit doing it at that time or did you decide to go bigger? <laughs> well, you see, after like this last January, um, I kind of was like, okay, what can I do to do something different that some people, some people may like? And I was like, hmm, maybe I could do like a verse of the day, but instead of a picture, I can do a video. And so I did started doing, you know, verse of the days and um, doing it like a video, um, reading a verse and then talking about it a little bit. Um, and then I, I was like, I was on TikTok and stuff. My brothers had started just getting me into that. And I started liking different things on TikTok about Christian and um, just different, that, that kind of stuff. And uh, I was like, man, what if I start posting verse of the days on TikTok? And so was that, uh, you said that you did videos. I mean, was that you like talking? Was that you dancing? What are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm not on TikTok, bro. <laughs> no, but for me, I, uh, I started, yeah, basically talking, um, do reading a verse and then doing a little bit of encouragement and really which, what that verse truly means and how people can apply it to their lives. And, uh, I've been doing that since about 
January or February of last year now. So no, no interpretive dance or anything like that. I mean, I've done a couple, but man, it's, it's, those dances are hard, man. Well, what was cool to me is, um, I know you gained a following with people who don't necessarily claim to be Christians and they're not necessarily following Christ. It was said in the early nineties that the evangelist of the 21st century would be the business person that, you know, most people would be where the good news is shared. It probably wouldn't be mainly in the church. It would be outside of the church. Um, and, and usually at work. And yet I wonder if with the onset of social media, with the accelerator that COVID um, and the worldwide pandemic became, I, I wonder sometimes if the evangelist of the 21st century is not the social media influencer. You look at you look at Dude Perfect and these guys got tens of millions of not views, subscribers, you know, and I'm like, these guys have an incredible platform to reach people that I'll never reach, to influence people I'll never influence. So I love what you're doing, man. Any any highlights I've, for, as of late, you know, recent videos you've done? Uh, yeah, actually a couple months, like a month ago now, um, I started posting stuff about um, the scientific breakdown of how pornography actually changes your mind and really how it kind of destroys um, your view of sex and uh, really objectifies women. And a lot of people, um, a lot of people hated that. A lot of people were like, there is no way that any of this is true. And uh, man, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because a lot of people just don't want to talk about it. Is, now, is this the same people who are saying go with the science on other issues? <laughs> bad joke, bad joke. <laughs> So, it, yeah, it's really, it's re, you know, I was actually familiar with that post and I wondered, you know, I, I only saw it, you know, when you first posted it. So I didn't see a lot of the comments and I'm sure more and more comments have been added over time. But man, I got, I wondered what was the response? What were people thinking when they saw your post? And this was, you know, one thing that stuck out, I thought it was actually a really cool communication style because it was just you in the background just your face. And if I remember right, it wasn't a still shot, right? It was, it was you. Yeah. So it was you kind of motion, uh, cap captured in motion. And yet the post was actually just words in front of your face. And so I'm sitting here reading these words and I see this college age guy behind it. Like I expect some nun to be saying these things or some, you know, 75 year old preacher, but I'm looking at this university of Arizona college kid and I'm like, here's this guy talking about the dangers of pornography. What what compelled you to to post that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that of my past and my um, my part of my testimony is one thing that I struggled a lot with growing up was pornography. Um, I really struggled with you know finding my worth and self identity within people and what people thought of me, popularity, and you know that's something that's really fleeting. And it was something that I got a little bit of happiness and a little bit of joy and then it was gone. And what I kind of used to um, really subsidize that, uh, you know, happiness or joy that went away quickly was pornography. That was something that I medicated my pain with. And uh, that was one thing that I really uh, turned to a lot. And more recently within the last year and a half now, um, I joined a, a group, um, 
of called freedom fight um here at the university of arizona with some of our college age guys and um we've just been going through this program of how to you know first of all how to set yourself apart from that addiction um but second of all also you know why it's important to set yourself apart from that addiction and how that can actually this addiction can actually really hurt your marriage in the future it's really interesting to hear you explain your initial foray into pornography you know you talked about um i i, I was putting my hope essentially in all these other things whether it be athletics or looks image reputation and those things are fleeting man i think we can all relate to that whether it be worldly success or the acceptance of others, you're never going to be accepted and loved by everybody. You're never going to be successful enough that it's going to sort of fulfill you or quench your long-term soul thirst. Ultimately, that runs out. And, you know, sometimes I talk with guys your age, you know, 20-year-old guys, and it's, and it's actually really refreshing to me because when I go on my computer and I go online or I watch shows on TV, Basically, the, the image I see is people partying, people hooking up, and people being portrayed as having the time of their lives. You never see the morning after, and I don't mean necessarily the puking or anything like that, but I'm, I more so mean just the emptiness, the, the feeling of, man, there's got to be something more. And it's interesting to me that in, in your life, that was fast-tracked. It was fast track to where you're like, this is disappointing. This is leaving me thirsty and empty. What else is there? You stumble on pornography and that, that is a, you know, gives you injections of, I don't know what you would call it. It's almost like, um, uh, soul uppers or something. I don't know. One of the biggest things about pornography too, is like every single time that you watch porn or see some sexual image, your, your brain gets hit with a shot of dopamine and dopamine is one of the biggest chemicals um, that really overtakes um, the prefrontal cortex. I don't want to get too scientific here, but basically dopamine um, really starts to overtake the moral aspects of your mind. Um, and that's why it's so easy for you to fall down that path to turn to pornography when you know, you're sad or you're, you're anxious, whatever. I'm glad you didn't go too deep on that because I'm a guy who changes my own oil, my friend, and uh, I am simple minded, <laughs> but you're exactly right, man. I, I've read several um, clinical experts who have said that pornography is more addictive than some of the most addictive narcotics out there. And the thing that makes it particularly sinister is that you're addicted to yourself in a sense, like you don't have to go buy drugs. It's free and you can just sort of um, sink back into yourself, watch porn and get this sort of free high, which always ends up in in what they call a binge purge cycle, because then you kind of feel terrible. People say they don't. I don't actually believe them. Uh, you, you end up kind of feeling uh, down. You go into this spiral or a, a mini depression. And then what do you do? I got to think again, let's, let's circle back to the response you got to these posts about pornography. Cause here's a young, uh, good looking dude. And he's basically saying, Hey, pornography is dangerous for you. I'm out 
on that. Tell me about some of the different comments you received. Uh, it's funny that you brought up earlier, you know, University of Arizona stuff. Like I was wearing a shirt that said that and like someone commented, you're like, oh, this is the education that you're getting at University of Arizona. Makes sense. <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, some of the comments were just like, man, this is absolutely bogus. Like I watch it with my boyfriend or my husband all the time. Um, and a lot of people were just like, this is, there's no way that any of these stats are true. But then you also had on the other side of the spectrum, people who were like, man, my husband or my boyfriend has been, um, watching these things. And it really, I really feel objectified and I really feel devalued because of the fact that he continues to turn to these things, um, rather than trying to push that addiction away and try to get help, um, yeah, it's, you know, in, in some respects, I just tell myself when I see comments like that, it's like, you know, I can't expect people who don't know the Lord, who don't fear God, who don't love Jesus and don't submit to scripture. I can't expect that category of person to hear something like you posted and say, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I need to quit looking at pornography, right? But Still yet, I know a lot of people who are irreligious, who don't claim to know or love or even believe in God, and they have admitted to me in conversations over the years, yeah, pornography left me hurting. Pornography actually destroyed a relationship I was in. I'm boggled that you get these mainstream psychologists out there, sort of the dear Abbeys of the internet, who will respond to these relationship issues, you know, help me with this relationship, help me with this issue. And it's like half the time it's, here's what you need to do. Just spice up your sex life with pornography. I'm so boggled because that's exactly what it doesn't do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that there was a study more recently done that a doctor said that um, it's more, it's perfectly fine just to watch porn um, normally. Um, and you know, it's just, it's starting to become this social, this social norm in today's society. And truly that's one of the things that's, I think that is hurting, um, men truly grow into men. Um, I think that they're starting to gratify themselves more than, um, looking how to become, a, a, a manlier man. Yeah. Sadly for me, my perspective is that women, instead of demanding more out of men, instead of saying, Hey, if you're into that, I'm not interested. They're diving headfirst into, uh, what the men are diving into. It's like, Hey, I, I can match you in your sin. They're not saying it that way, but to me that that's a sad conclusion. Um, dude, you're 20 years old and you're in a dating relationship. Tell me a little bit about that because I, I feel for you, man. I, I think back to 20 years old, uh, man, the, the internet was barely on the scene. Al Gore hadn't invented it yet. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, okay, this is actually a much easier environment that I quote grew up in or went to college in, in terms of pornography, sexual pressure, et cetera. It was there, but not like it's there today. So how do you navigate that? How do you navigate that with this girl you're dating and how long have you been dating? So it's actually kind of interesting how we kind of met um, basically back in, and towards the end of June, um, I was scrolling through TikTok and a lot, like I said before, what you like is what's gonna show up on your For You page. And uh, I saw this really cute girl who was posting about Jesus and um, just different stuff, like 
Christian content. That's what they call it. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, she's pretty cute. I'll give her a follow. Um, she ended up following me back. And then uh, we started talking and stuff. And then, um, you know, got to about October, November-ish. And her friend was like, oh, you should come out here, surprise her for during uh, Christmas break. And I was like, okay, yes, yeah, for sure. Um, let, let me guess. You went out there and found out you got catfished. She didn't exist. <laughs> before I was going out there, man, I was like, man, I kind of want to set my expectations low because you know, what if this girl is, you know, completely different than what she is in person than she is over the phone. You know, that's kind of what I kind of went into, um, going out there. I've heard there are just a couple of people out there who are different online than in person. Just, just a couple out there. <laughs> Go ahead and listen to, uh, Brad Paisley's song online. I mean, shoot. That's a great example of that. But, you know, I went out there and, you know, I was hanging out with her and her friend and her sister. And um, really, you know, I started to realize this girl is the exact same person that she is on the phone as she is in person. And, uh, you know, I was like, I would be a fool not to tell her how I feel about her because, um, you know, she's discipling other girls um, and she's a leader at her church and she's prioritizing her relationship with God. Um, more than the things of the world. And that's really rare in today's society. So um, yeah, and I mean, talking about, you know, how long we've been dating, we've been dating for two months now. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not been easy. Yeah. And for the record, I, <laughs> I got no issue with people meeting online. I, I'm actually regularly finding myself in conversations where I'm encouraging believers who are like, man, there's just, I, I'm not finding anybody out there I encourage people actually to meet people online. I bought my last three cars online. I found my last two homes online. Like, why would it be wrong, you know, to meet someone significant online? Now, you have to be smarter buying a car online. If I'm buying a car online and it's in Dallas, well, I don't live in Dallas. So I got to have a mechanic I trust there. Check it out. I got to take some extra precautions. I got to look under the hood, which a lot of people don't do when it comes to relationships. I got to take some extra precautions, but it doesn't, it's not a no-go zone for me. In fact, I think if, if a few more, and I'm thinking of more people who, you know, they're single longer, they're, they're kind of into their late thirties and they're like, I'm just not meeting anybody. I'm like, Hey, it's okay to kind of meet people online. You just got to Got to uh, be pretty smart about it, man. You got to be pretty smart about it. Well, tell me this, bud, because again, we live in such a sensualized, sexualized culture. And, you know, when you're in your, your early 20s as a man, you don't have a low T problem. We'll just put it that way in general. And so now you're trying to go, okay, how do I keep Christ at the center of this relationship? Are there scriptures maybe that you hold to in terms of trying to lead in the area of purity? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the first ones that comes to mind for me is Hebrews 2.18. It says, because he himself suffered when he was being tempted, he was able to help those who are being tempted. Um, I think another one too, um, 2 Corinthians 12.9, um, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect and weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Those two verses really stick out for me because again, you said we are in a sensualized culture. We are in a culture that says that, you know, you should be having sex before you're married because that's how you're going to figure out if you are compatible with that person. Um, but truly, I think that we as 
Christians should remember that God created sex specifically for a husband and a wife and nothing before. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, Malia is her name. Um, Malia and I talked about Love that name. Yeah. Malia and I talked about before, you know, we got, we, before we were dating, um, we really talked about, you know, we as believers want to set ourselves to be apart from normal relationships, quote unquote, normal um, relationships in today's society. And I think that, you know, definitely setting boundaries has been one of the biggest things that's helped us in our relationship. Um, now, granted, being long distance, that's another thing that's kind of been um, a challenge, but um, definitely having boundaries that, you know, when we are in person and we are together, um, having boundaries that we don't cross. Yeah, it's so important, man, to have those guardrails because we are human. Obviously, we can we can give in to temptation. I love the Hebrews 2.18 that you quoted. He himself suffered when he was tempted. I'm so thankful that Jesus can relate to me. I don't think about that very often. Like, yeah, I can relate to Jesus. You know, I have a lot in common with Jesus. I, no one would really put it that way. But that actually should comfort us. That actually should give us more confidence that, honestly, that we can escape temptation and that Jesus was willing, that God was willing to become a human and be subject to all of the same urges and desires that we have. It's not like Jesus walked around a robot. I guarantee someone caught his eye while he was on earth. I guarantee more than one someone caught his eye, that there was temptation to get away from going about the father's business and to... Um, pursue a relationship or, um, but, but, but it would have been outside of his father's will. But was he tempted to do that? A hundred percent he was. Hebrews 2.18 says he suffered when he was t tempted. He is able to help you and me when we are tempted. For some, I don't know, for some crazy reason, that helps me feel closer to the Lord that, um, that he experienced the exact same temptations that I experienced. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I think another thing too, that more recently, you know, when I, I was reading, um, ruthless elimination of hurry, dude, that is huge among, uh, like the 20 something guys. It's like every guy mentoring guys I run to, into is like they're everybody's reading that book is it must be good, man. I haven't read it. I think that more guys should be doing is reading books because, what you know, what you read in books is what you're going to memory in 10 years. Dude, tell me about that because, and, and I don't want you to forget what you were going to say, but I know you're a reader. I love to see young men reading. I think it's one of the things that builds a godly man. You can't grow in depth. You can't grow in your knowledge of scripture. You can't grow in your ability to conduct healthy relationships. You can't grow in your ability to be a leader. You can't grow spiritually if you're not a reader. So how'd you get a heart for that? And I don't want you to forget what you were going to say. No, absolutely. I think that reading is one of the biggest things that has really helped me develop my relationship with God more. Um, definitely reading different books like Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, um, you know, Through My Eyes by Tim Tebow. Um, you know, just those kind of books that, man, they're encouraging, but they're also giving you scripture and biblical principles to make you into a better godly man. I think that's one of the biggest things. But what I was kind of talking about um, in this book, he's talking about um, Jesus 
being in the wilderness and when he's in the wilderness and he's being tempted um, by Satan. And what it said in the book was Jesus went away to be in the wilderness because that was his time that he was closest to God because he didn't have any other distractions that were around him. And it was talking about, you know, as believers, we need to set aside a specific day in the week for a Sabbath to really have specific time with God with no distractions. And I thought that that was amazing because Jesus was closest. He set himself apart from the world to be closest to the father. And that's when Satan tempted him. I see that playing into your relationship with your girlfriend, man, because it's so easy once you, you know, I don't know if she's, you know, quote the, the one or the right one for you, et cetera. I don't know. But once you meet that person, it is so easy to revert to making that person sort of a, a God, small G in your life, an idol. And, you know, the times when you're down, look to her to pick you up. The times when you have a victory, uh, sharing with it, uh, sharing that victory with her first. Yes, having another person is a person that can multiply joy and divide pain. And that's part of the body of Christ, the purpose of the body of Christ. But it's also um, one of the benefits of being in a relationship like that. But God wants, I've found, uh, for us to go to him first and to maintain him as our source of strength. And unless he is the one I'm going to uh, to drink from, to satisfy my uh, soul thirst, then the relationship ultimately will not be built on that foundation uh, that is him. And you end up crumbling because you're each kind of trying to feed off of each other when really you're, you're leaving out the most important component, which is Christ in the center of the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest things that Malia and I also were just like, you know, if we want this relationship to work, especially long distance, man, long distance is not an easy thing. Um, there's a lot of, you know, pain and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, sometimes sadness that comes with that, not being able to see that person, uh, you know, every day or every other day, um, you know, face to face. But one of the biggest things that, you know, we really tried to say was, Hey, if we prioritize our relationships with God personally, our relationship together for Christ will be perfectly fine. There is nothing that can truly separate us because when we have a relationship that is built upon the love of the father, there is nothing that can truly shake us. I love that. Austin, I want to circle way back to some of the hate you got on TikTok because I just find that very fascinating. And, you know, some people I think would feel, dare I say the word bullied by that or, you know, cornered canceled, whatever you want to say. I also think there's another type of person that feeds off of that, <laughs> not in an angry way or a spiteful way, but it's like, man, when I'm getting headwinds, I kind of know I'm doing something right. Actually, if everybody across the board is giving me attaboys, I should stop and be scared because I'm probably never speaking truth. Your thoughts? No, I completely agree. Um, I think that, again, kind of circling back to scripture that points to this, um, Romans 12, 2 really reminds me of this. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. You see, as believers, we are to go against the grain, right? We're supposed to be set apart from the world. 
And for, you know, for me to get all these comments, they're like, oh, you're, this is complete bogus. There's no way that any of this is true. You know, I watch it with my boyfriend or my husband and stuff like that. And our relationship is perfectly fine. Um, that's just the culture that we live in today. A lot of people are going to, you know, sex, sex and truly pornography has been one thing that has destroyed um, a lot of today's culture and what a lot of people are looking at today. Um, but I think that, like you said, if someone's pushing back on you, you're doing something right. And, you know, that's why I continue to try to, you know, have conversations with guys about that kind of struggle, because, you know, I went through that and I have find, I have found, um, healing from talking about it more. And that's one thing that a lot of guys don't want to do because they have shame or guilt about that. But what I've found is the more that I talk about it, the more healing that I find. Well, man, I appreciate you using your platform uh, to influence for the Lord. I know you're having a, a wide influence and I know God is using you. It's, it's really, really encouraging, man. Uh, you know, it's funny. We usually end each episode by asking our guest what advice he would give his 21 year old self. <laughs> so you don't get to do that today, man, because uh, you're not even there yet. But, but what would you say to your contemporaries? I know you're around guys all the time. You're reaching out with the message of Christ. You're sharing the gospel, the good news that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. You're sharing that with guys your age on a college campus. You're not some paid pastor walking around. You're just a normal dude that, that loves the Lord and that cares about your friends uh, at the university. What would you say to them, man? What, what would you say to them in regards to uh, particularly their age, the choices they're making right now? Do those choices matter? Why? What would you say to them? I think one of the biggest things that I would say to college age guys is, hey, the life that you're living right now, whether doing partying, drinking, having sex, all this stuff, it's going to bring you emptiness. You're going to you're going to hit rock bottom at some point or another. And the only thing that's going to be able to fulfill you fully is a relationship with Christ. The only thing that's going to be able to fill you up with joy and love that you can pour out into other people every day is a renewed relationship with Christ. And truly until, you know, more men truly see that and more young guys in college start to come to that realization. Um, it's our job as believers to continue to spread that word. Absolutely, man. I, I wish at age 20, I could have said it uh, that way. I knew the Lord. I was young in the Lord. Uh, but man, I so admire how you're trying to follow Christ. Obviously, you're not perfect, but I appreciate at a young age, uh, you have humility and you're asking God to use you, and you're not just asking Him to use you in a small way. You're asking Him to use you in a big way. Dude, blessings on you and your relationship with Malia. The long distance, you said it's hard. I think there is one blessing, and that is not as much struggle to cross lines physically. Uh, but, yeah, I see the other side as well. So, man, I just I pray blessings on you, bud. And Man, I just appreciate the model, dude. Other guys your age need to know that while the battle is at its hottest, that while the T is a capital triple T, okay, you can still walk in holiness. You can still walk in purity. You can still treat your woman 
um, with absolute godly deference. You can protect her. You cannot take advantage of her. You cannot serve self and serve flesh. And, uh, dude, I just pray that God will give you grace to continue to do that. It is a, a tough, long road, but uh, God will give you grace to do that. So, man, I, I love you, bud. I appreciate your model, and uh, thanks for coming on. Hey, Sean, thank you so much for having me. And, man, it means a lot to hear those words from you. 100%. I think you know this already, but you're on the endangered species list, and I hope you stay there because you're a godly man. Man, we need more like Austin Wales in this world. Am I right or am I right? I appreciate Austin modeling for us what it means to stand for truth and to speak merciful truth, really, into people's lives, even if they rage against us when we do it. What a boss. Members of the Endangered Species Herd, if you like the pod, please give us a rate and the most creative comment you can possibly think of. Let's make it a contest. As always, Elephantine thanks to our legendary producer, Logan Bonjean. Gentlemen, becoming and staying a godly man is a matter of choice, not chance. Go out today and make the choice to take steps toward godly manhood. Let's get the godly man off the endangered species list.